So a young man from our parish who's out and about in the world wrote me a long email a few weeks ago, and he asked this question. Do you feel like you were always in control of your life or just following a path that was before you and not making your own goals and striving for them? I had to think about this one for a long time. Like the word beauty, freedom is not easily defined. Oddly, it is in obedience that we are led to freedom, while license often leads to slavery. Freedom is the ability, freedom is the ability to become all you can be, which requires discipline and obedience. It is not simply doing all that you desire and can do. Of course, it's got to be obedience to the right and true thing in proper proportion. And license lifts constraints, shuns discipline, deadens conscience. It often leads to addictions or unhealthy choices that ironically limit freedom. It seems in most people's journey that at some point, usually in young adulthood, there's the desire to figure out who we are apart from just what was given to us by our parents, our family, and our community. So there's a lot of experimenting that usually goes on there. I went through it myself with clothing, music that you listen to, the choosing of supporting of certain causes, breaking away from parents' preferences, experimenting with taboos, choosing where you're going to live, what you're going to do, sometimes even breaking away from the church or even God. Businesses know this and they capitalize on it. One of my favorite campaigns of all times was from the Gap Clothing Company. They ran a commercial for a while, a while telling young people to define themselves by being different. And the way they could do this was by buying their clothes from the Gap, which was in every mall across the United States and selling the exact same clothes from coast to coast so that millions of people could live in the illusion that they are being unique and different. On these life excursions, some people make it back to the faith in the church, and some do not. I had a path that kind of led away from the church for a while, and people asked me, what helped me stay in the church? And the real answer, the real and true answer was this. I was paid to go to mass when I was most vulnerable in leaving. I was the organist at my home parish, but I also worked odd jobs on the weekends. For example, I worked at the Yankee Peddler Festival in season, putting on the medicine show and selling Doc Spellbinder's powerful patent effervescent elixir. In the evening when everyone else would be gathering around bonfires and climbing into sleeping bags and tents, I'd head back to Barberton so I could be there in the morning to play mass before heading back out to sell or pedal, <laughs> colored water in fancy bottles for 25 cents. Or I also worked in a murder mystery, Revenge of Graham's company at the state parks. And the rule was I either had to die by Saturday night or they had to find a way to write me out of the script until Sunday morning after I got back from playing mass. And I joke about being paid to go to mass, but I am completely serious that it works for me. 
During those times that I more or less strayed from the church in my heart seeking what I desired or thought I wanted, at some point I would start to wonder if these things with which I was experimenting were really making me happy or giving me freedom because I was told they would and everybody around me was doing them and at least giving the appearance that they were happy at least when they weren't dealing with the consequences of their decisions, although I will admit for some, it was in that exact drama that they thrived. Having doubts that that life was all that it was cracked up to be, I would think when I was in church getting ready to play, what the heck, I'm here, why not go to confession? What would it hurt? And there was something about the sacrament that would renew my joy and how I felt my, about myself and how I perceived myself. This is why contemplation and silence is so important, to give us time to reflect and to discover things. And unfortunately, we live in a time now that's more and more, we are not giving the opportunity even to be quiet and to think and to contemplate. Anyway, ricocheting back and forth over time between these two ways of living, I noticed that while one made me feel good in the immediate fulfilling of a desire, but it would quickly come to an end and there would be this low thing afterwards. So you'd seek a new desire to make you feel really good and then it would just end. The other gave me an overall sense of meaning and joy of life, of liking myself and feeling freedom in a fuller way. It wasn't the extremes, but it was this constant even-keeledness. And it too had challenges and sometimes grave ones, but overall, the daily benefits were far greater and longer lasting. So when Christ was baptized at age 30, it wasn't because he needed to be baptized. At the time, it was little more than a sacramental rather than a sacrament a symbolic gesture of turning away from sin and changing your life. So when Jesus is baptized, who had never sinned, it was the waters of baptism that were changed, not him. This is when baptism would take on the power to destroy sin and its obligation and its absolute power over us, recreating us making each person a son or daughter of God, of their father, beginning the initiation into the church, giving a person a whole new additional family and family line, and giving the freedom only God's sons and daughters enjoy. So in the long run, to find out who we are and what our identity is, where we can find meaning and purpose and direction, there is no need to search across the globe, but to walk across the sanctuary and look underneath the gold lid of the baptismal font. It's, this is so powerful, so beautiful, and so magnificent, and the waters are so abundant that we get used to the idea of it. And it is a tragedy to become accustomed to the miraculous and the beautiful. We assume that this great gift is a thing of our childhood that we can outgrow, some people do, that we can outgrow. And so we go looking for meaning and joy elsewhere. It reminds me of when my dad was entering into Alzheimer's. We were wondering if he needed more care than he could get at home. And the people at the, at the care facility said, not yet, but something's going to happen. And you're going to know it's time for him to be here. 
Well, as it turns out, I was home one day to visit my dad, and he wasn't home, and it was getting later and later. And I was uh, thinking, well, he's not going to be home. I'm going to get back to church. And I go outside, and I see him walking down the middle of the street. And I, I ask him, where's your car? He goes, I don't know. How did you get home? I don't know. So the next three days, no kidding, we drove all over Northeast Ohio, going to places where he might have gone. And he would have his hand out the window, pressing the alarm on his key, hoping that the car would out itself somewhere. And we were going on Route 21, and there was a gas station I was going to turn off and check off. And my dad, check out, my dad starts getting really, really agitated. He says, don't go there. I hate that gas station. I would never go there. And of course, three days later, we get a phone call from that very gas station going, did someone leave a car here about three days ago? I say, yeah, that's us. Sometimes the things we want most in life, we don't find because they're not where we want them to be. And often it is when a person wants to find themselves, the place that they don't want to look is their parish Catholic church. It seems too easy, too familiar, maybe too connected with childhood or other personal baggage. But if it doesn't flow from the one who created you, then it's not gonna come from anywhere. It's an impossibility. But thanks be to God, he waits here for us, for when we choose to come back to him, whenever we stray, whenever we are ready to come home.